Who else knew? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about the perp in the backseat of your patrol car. The one you arrested last night. The one whose knife you planted on Brandon Parker when you realized he was unarmed. The one you let go in exchange for his silence. Was it just you? Or did anyone else help you hide the fact you're a murderer? I think you better leave. Or what? You'll shoot me? How is this, Chief? Attorney General David Rosen. And these agents are here to question Philip Durant, the man you picked up last night. And I imagine they'll have a few questions for you. We found him at a convenience store buying lottery tickets. I guess he was feeling lucky. I don't believe this. You don't want to talk, that's fine. We'll use your friend Philip's testimony. This is over. God, what the hell is it with you people? Us people? Yeah, you people. I didn't misspeak. You people have no idea what loyalty is, what respect is. You're here because you were supposed to help us, and you spent every second of it trying to tear us down, tear me down, push your own damn agenda. I'm here to find the truth. The truth is, those people in Rosemead have no respect for anything or anyone. No, they're like you. They just take whenever they want, and they have no problem turning their backs on the people who gave it to them. People like me, who strap on their boots every day, kiss their wife and kids goodbye, and trek 40 miles into a city where everyone, including little babies, are taught to look at us like the enemy. They are taught to question me to disobey me, and still, I risk my life for these people every day for seven years. I have allowed myself to be disrespected and hated by these people, all to protect them from themselves. I mean, all I hear about on the news are dirty cops, cops who shoot innocent black kids. It's crap. There were 84 murders in this city last year. Were all of those cops shooting innocent black boys? Hell no. Those were blacks turning guns on each other, and yet somehow I'm the animal. Brandon Parker is dead because he didn't have respect. Because those people out there who are chanting, crying over his body, they didn't teach him the right values. They didn't teach him respect. He didn't respect me. He didn't respect my badge. Questioning my authority was not his right. This blood is not on my hands. American Crime premieres next. Just talk over there. <laughs> Lord of mercy. And we do have a podcast of American Crime. It's called yes. Flatfoot. Flatfoot, yes. Yeah. And okay. that was a clip from season four of the hit show Scandal. Scandal. Called The Lawn Chair. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It the is a great episode. The performance of the monologue of the cop was the fabulous act, fabulous and coolest and one of the nicest actors Okay, stop. Michael Welch. You you over the line with all that. You just too much. No, because you're too too much. No, because I actually like the guy, and we tweet we we tweet each other, so it's okay. Oh, they're Twitter friends. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh oh. I told you, say all that technology, it always ends badly for you. Oh well. <laughs> Anyways, this is one of my favorite episodes, and I think I did cry a little. I think I did cry in this episode. You got a little teary. It was really good. Well, it's because I love this. Well, first, just as, why was this one of your favorite episodes? Um, Because it, it had so many emotions. And it was very topical. And at first, you know, Olivia, the main character, she didn't want to have anything to do with it. Because for some people, it takes a long time to, like, digest all of this that's going on. And what can you do? You know, it's like, it's just trying to figure out where your place is in all, in all of this, I guess. And where do you go from here kind of thing so 
and it was one of my favorites. As you said, it was topical. Um, I wish we would have remembered this when we met him at Space City Comic Con. I know. But um, I oh, love this scene. <laughs> I mean, it was just the emotion was so raw. Mm-hmm. He's an actor. He's supposed to reproduce that. Mm-hmm. But it was topical. And that emotion was really key. And the way he kind of spit, he spat. When right. He, he was really angry. Into it. <laughs> his blood is not on my hands. But the reason why I'm using this clip, because this is a part of the part three of where is the NRA. And we're giving you, our listeners, because I'm a giver, the solutions. Yeah. How are you, the collective we, going to solve this problem? Yes, because, well, first, I'm going to address some of the things that the speech brought up. Because first and foremost, I know we're in the solution part, but these are little things I wish people stop bringing up to excuse. Because they do not help with the solution. Nah, if you're if you're not helping, uh, this is one of my. You're not going to help me move out the way. <laughs> well, no, this is one of my technical. I mean, when you're in technical support, they teach you if you're only talking about the problem but not giving solutions or trying to come up with any, you're a part of the problem. So if you're trying to, what's the word, deflect the cause and get to the root issues, mm-hmm. then you're a part of the problem also. Right. But this is going to be something to help you, our listeners, and, and some and most of our, all of our listeners are really intelligent. So the newer listeners that are coming on, they don't know these things because if you've been with us this whole time, you know. Please do not bring up these things. First, respecting the authority. What are we, in 1984? We're supposed to question authority. Always. That is our right as a democratic country. Even Christianity. Jesus says, test all things. Exactly. So we have a question for you. Like, you know, you ask me, do you know why I pulled you over? Do you know why you pulled me over? That is our right. That is our, because no one is the boss of you. So when you are a child, you had to listen to the adults in your life because that is how it is. Once you become a full-fledged adult, you're a tax-paying citizen. You have every right to question so-called authority that it was a democracy. Also, and the reason why this is a big valid point that I really want, and I love the fact that this monologue brought it up, mm-hmm. because during Sandra Bland, I've heard so many ingrates talking mm-hmm. about how she wasn't respecting the authority of the officer that was. I'm in my car smoking my cigarette. I can put it out if you ask me nicely, but I don't have to listen. I don't have to do what you tell me to do. You're not the boss of me. And so, and we saw during. It's if, not breaking a lot of smoke in your own car. And if you, <laughs> and if our listeners, if you viewed what happened during Sandra Bland, that incident, it escalated. And it was all about because he felt his authority was being defied. And I think some people have a grandiose sense of self and then they put on their uniform and it builds it up even more, you know? Yes. And to the fact that it just gets, and it, it's really funny because South Park kind of played with this a long time ago. And the little fat boy Cartman is all that respect my authority. And he's in his little uniform with his little badge. And so I think it gives you a false sense of, um, power when you, when you don't realize where your power comes from, you tend to, to be ridiculous in this situation. No, exactly. And that's one thing. It doesn't matter if you could be. I mean, even in Philando, in Philando Castile's situation, he was respecting the cops and still ended up shot. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. You can respect or disrespect. The end results may be the same. Mm-hmm. 
So as on Roland's, when he was on Wendy Williams show, he says, your first obligation is to get home. So make good choices. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do say respect the authority, but don't be a slave to where get out your car and then they drop some crack on your, on, (laughs) on your seat and you have to like, Okay. You watch too much TV. It happened. Okay. I know for a fact. I know a few dudes that were. You know, dying. it was really interesting. This actually, that exactly what you're talking about happened in The Good Wife when it was the main lawyer. This is some seasons ago. I want to say season three or four. She was driving somewhere with her son. Supposedly it was a well trafficked route for drug dealers. And they thought her son was a part of it. And her, and her son is white. He was the son of, of the governor of, of the state. So, uh, but he was still wrapped up in that. And the police did try to plant stuff. Um, and it was just an interesting, sorry, different television show, but, uh, it's just interesting to think about. We don't, we owe them respect as an individual and as another human being. But beyond that, we don't have, I mean, we do have rights, you know, and it's yes. my right to say, no, don't touch me. That's exactly. my right. <laughs> I have, I have the right to my body <laughs> and my area. Okay. And if I'm getting ridiculous, well, you're the cop. You need to calm me down. <laughs> well, like I said before on, I posted on my Facebook page and on K.E. Crossfire Facebook page (laughs) where it was a young lady. She says that she lives in a country where trained officers with a gun can act irrational and and out of fear Mm -hmm. while the citizens have to respond like trained officers with a gun in their face. Right. That's crazy to think, you know, and I'm sorry, uniform or not just referring back to Sandra's case really quickly is if a, if a person, a man comes up to my vehicle and immediately starts screaming at me, I'm going to feel intimidated and I'm going to be afraid. And I myself probably would have just drove off, <laughs> you know, been high speed or I was like, okay, I'm just going to drive away. <laughs> like drive right to the station. Exactly. And I have done that. I was pulled over when I was in college and it was, um, it was on a dark road. The police officer was by himself. I felt intimidated. So I drove to the well lit police station. And, you know, when he realized what I did, he had total respect for me. But, uh, he turned out to be, of course, a real legit cop and nothing weird. But I was, I didn't feel comfortable. You pull me over on a dark side of the road. Anything could happen. And, you know. Here's another important mm-hmm. point that was brought up in the Michael Welch's monologue mm-hmm. or Michael Welch's character's monologue. Right. Um, he pointed out how there were 84 murders mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. In the city. Or in the said. city. Sorry. Which is pretty low. Yes. That's impressive. They're doing a good job. Exactly. <laughs> the well, cops are doing a good job. Maybe because they're killing everybody. Hey, man. <laughs> you don't you don't put that into that. But basically, he says that that. That was not cops killing black boys that mm-hmm. or black kids. That was blacks turning guns on themselves. On each other, not themselves. On each other. Right. It's not it's not murder if you kill yourself. Well <laughs> them on the on each other. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening, I've had this argument with many of my non black friends. <laughs> and they would love to bring this this statistic up about all all high the highest percent of crime or murder that happens is black on black. And I was like, but you can say that about Irish, the highest crime. No, no. They're like the, 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 when it comes to murder, it's, it's more black people being murdered by other black people than any other race. Yeah. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. It's just saying like, 
when they try to compare it to the cops, like being murdered, like, why are you making a big deal when black people are killing each other? Right. And I'm kind of like, dude, if you look at it, any ethnic group, the crime against that ethnic any group, violent crime is going to be it's going to be the high. same the same ethnic group you rob if, if you're talking about robbery mm-hmm. in a hispanic neighbor or a mm-hmm. mexican mm-hmm. neighborhood the crime rate will well if you say oh it has high robbery it's usually each other robbing each other not right a white guy coming into all the, neighbor- the way into right. the neighborhood like Okay, let right. me rob this essay's house. I mean, but there are some instances where we have seen that is rare, though. If you watch um, Criminal Minds, I know another TV show, but I mean, I watch a lot of real stuff, you know, like um, for First 48 and all that. And like, usually the crimes are going to be against people in the same neighborhood. And, you know, so it's just important to realize that that really, you know, that is not an argument to use to try isn't. to shut people up. It's like, oh, you know, because black people kill other black people, then everyone else can kill black people too. Like this is not open season. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Sorry. And, no. It's a stupid this, argument. It's a really ridiculous argument. And some of my really intelligent friends that have tried to make that argument, not that I have, not that my opinion of you has been lowered, but, you know, your debate skills have been lowered. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it's an interesting case to bring up, but... It just doesn't fly. Third point, and then I'm gonna we're gonna move on. Um, possible feeling of ungratefulness. Mm-hmm. Do police really feel that black kids are taught to hate and disobey the cops? I think some might believe that, and I feel sad that they do because I don't think that's the case. Also, um, in my neighborhood, it was a really rough neighborhood. I'm not gonna lie, but we were all taught to. Be mindful of your actions around the police mm-hmm. because we have seen cops shoot our neighbors. We've seen Hank, these horrendous crimes that we're talking about that still prevails today. Mm-hmm. So we were taught to be careful. Mm-hmm. No sudden movements. Mm-hmm. Try Never to be, reach for your wallet. Never reach for your wallet. Mm-hmm. Never, um, you know, let them tell you where to go and you like you know, be in good eyesight where they can't have any excuse. They, oh, he was going for a knife. Pop. Right, right. right. And so, and my whole thing of feeling ungrateful is just that maybe you as a cop is in the wrong line of work. I mean, they do say that they don't get the appreciation that they deserve, but in most jobs, it is thankless. It really is. People are, people just rude. I mean, you know, I was watching something. I appreciate you. I'm going to just say this, and this kind of ties in with, as you said, thankless jobs. Mm-hmm. We had a black president, uh, President Obama. We have. <laughs> well, sorry, I'm already thinking mm-hmm. the year's over. Mm-mm. We won't be here. Mm-hmm. But, um, sorry. But um, I keep hearing how you have these these educated leaders or spokespeople come out, and they're just bad-mouthing how he didn't do anything for the black community. Okay. And so I'm kind of like, even then, no matter how much change or how much you do, it is never enough. So I saw, and and even family members. He didn't do that much, though. I mean, like my my dad famously said, is that he was the people's president. He was elected by the people who happened to be black. He wasn't the black people president. So that's important to remember, you know, he wasn't just catering to one segment of people. 
And so, so, and that was a thing. And if you feel, and being president is a thankless job. Being a cop is usually a thankless job. Being a teacher. Being a teacher. Being definitely. a janitor. Oh, and I was a janitor for <laughs> one moment. That's a definitely a thankless Don't job. Don't nobody say thank you anymore. <laughs> and so just remember these things when you're trying to defend blue lives or all lives. These are things that just consider that. Or when you're about to post something really ignorant on Facebook that you think is funny, but is actually offensive. All right. So is that part of the solutions? That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to move on to solutions to the shootings. I was having a discussion with my brilliant niece, and she said, and she just said, you know, I don't like these things that's happening, Uncle Anthony. Yeah, I use my real name. And I said, well, what's going on, honey? She said, I just don't like the fact that people are shooting the police. But I don't like the fact that the police are shooting us. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what do you, well, how do you feel? She said, evil only begets more evil. So the shootings of Dallas were caused by, was said to be caused by the shootings of Castile and Sterling. But we, if you look at our history, we are a proud people. We shouldn't have to stoop to that level. I don't really want to talk too much about that per se, because there was another cop shooting um not too uh, the week after this one in Baton Rouge and the the perpetrator in that situation was also former military so um despite what this looks like i seem to lean a little bit to this is a definite issue going on in our military and how we're dealing with them coming back and it's interesting to me that the the people who committed these crimes against the police had been in the military and were trained by our military. So it's disturbing to say the least. It's almost like military versus police kind of thing. So I don't think that it, I mean, maybe they do see those videos and it, it creates more in the psychosis of that individual to retaliate in that way. But um, again, there's not a solution to talk about it because it's not even an issue. The cops don't usually get shot at, so it's not really a problem. What is a problem are the situations where the citizens feel you know, unsafe around police officers. So how do we solve that issue? Well, it's the, the question always keeps coming up. But how much longer are we going to keep saying the police needs better training? We're going to keep saying it till they get it. I mean, period. If they had better training, these situations wouldn't happen. But the cops possess all the means to have the anti-lethal tools. Do they? Do they possess that? Um, because I heard are... the HPD doesn't have. Actually, HPD is probably one of the few underfunded um, police departments. Police departments. But there are others, like in Austin, they have it. Okay. And there are other. I'm, I'm only, I'm only can say this for Texas, but I've heard and read in different articles, mm -hmm. like in Ferguson, they had it. But, but they also had super it. militarized weapons as well. So. Exactly. And if you militarize your police officers, they're going to want to use their new toys. No, I think I think training really helps a lot. They've seen it really decrease situations in Las Vegas. So first of all, I say training. I do agree with you. I just wanted to ask awareness that and training. 
And that was my other point that I was about to say. But here's the biggest thing that I think will help. And correct me if I'm wrong, people. And you can always email us at friendlyfire at crusade.net. Mm-hmm. Community outreach. I remember as a kid, the cops would come, the officers would come and have these demonstrations. They would bring their dogs. Mm-hmm. They would let us pet the dog. They seemed like they were trying to build that with the newer generation, that trust. Like some sort of community outreach, like, you know, as I said, back in the 80s, where they showed that they were the good guys. And they educated us on the sides that were more that were willing to treat us as one group and not as individual groups. Mm-hmm. Are they still doing that? I mean, I wouldn't know. And, but I, I really, I got to disagree with Cleef on this whole kumbaya nonsense, community outreach nonsense. What? <laughs> no, not necessary because police officers already do these things and we see that they do it. And it's just like, it's a little bit more difficult. Okay. I'm, I love the kids, but like that white mom say, you know, right now you love, you love my cute little black son, but when he becomes 17, 18 years old and put a hoodie on, you all of a sudden think he's a criminal. So it's not the issue with how children view the police it is how their parents view the police and what the children witness happen with their parents and the police all right well since you disagree with me and i'm so glad you did <laughs> but i want to bring up another Says thing now <laughs> yes i'm going to bring up there's a video that i saw that was been circulating around the internet as donald trump would say mm-hmm. um in Gainesville, there in, in Gainesville, Florida, the police kept being called on this group of kids, these neighborhood kids that were just playing basketball in the middle of the street. It's the summertime, it's hot, whatever, but the kids are outside playing. That's what you're supposed to do in the middle of the day. So why were the police called? Noise. Oh. <laughs> I hate to break this to you, world. Children are noisy. <laughs> if you don't want if you don't want them, you don't, don't want to be them. around children. I don't know. You could go live in the middle of nowhere where kids don't want to be, I guess. But children are noisy and it's the middle of the day and children are awake in the day. You know, they're not vampires. They actually sleep at night. So and the funny part <laughs> about this, the officer that they, the news were interviewing, his name was Officer White. <laughs> And, sure he was, was. and he was a white guy. Sure was. And I thought it was funny. Officer White, that's a white man. <laughs> but he said when he was called, he was expecting, like he already was in the mindset that he's being called for some trouble. But the trouble was just these kids playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And he said he wasn't going to like make them stop because this is what kids are supposed to do in the summer. Mm-hmm. So he... He spoke to the kids and he said, oh, well, you know, if I have to come back, you know, we're going to look after this. So then later on, they were called back. And and he said he's in the cops. OK, I'll, OK, I'm going to get back up. So, so other yeah. cops came. And he's well, he like flagged or well, he radio in and mm-hmm. other cops came mm-hmm. and they all had a bath. But then they came to play. But then Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal was riding around because he actually is. Uh, he's an officer. But he wasn't. He wasn't on duty. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he worked. But he heard the, um, <laughs> the radio transmission uh-huh. and he went over there. Mm-hmm. And so Shaquille O'Neal showed up with the cops and they, and played they all played basketball, b-ball. making all this racket. I bet that neighbor was pissed off. Like, I'm pretty sure. Damn it. But <laughs> so noisy. <laughs> this, but, Someone get her some headphones. But yeah, some Bose, <laughs> yeah, noise so some headphones. noise canceling headphones. But this is what I'm saying: community outreach, something where the cops—it's building 
a relationship changing because he saw that they were kids and recognized the kids as kids mm -hmm. and so he let them be kids and he even played with them to show that hey i know with all the crap that's going on this blue uniform and this badge makes me look really scary but you know what i'm with you guys so they all had a good time. And that's what really touched you know, me about those, that those video. Those little feel-good videos. Yeah, some feel-good. So, okay, good. yeah, so, some of that. But I think cops do 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 that. We see them out in the communities all the time with food drives, things like that. Um, but maybe just more and more videos, better PR, I guess, maybe. That's what I'm asking um, for, PR. So possibly, but should we, as people, try to change the 200 years of suspicion of the police and see the police as a part of our community? I think as a people... We usually, anyways, give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, so I don't think we really need to change our view. I, I think most of the time we do give them the benefit of the doubt anyway. So. Well, I actually agree with you on yeah. that one. I mean, we have that suspicion. And we should try to help them when we can. You know, we got to change that whole snitches get stitches nonsense. Yeah, that's well see that's the other thing I think that, that goes is changing in, though but that goes with a little of the suspicion like snitches mm -hmm. get stitches that's because you betrayed your community against people that they already saw who was the enemy who were tearing down the community well you know root out your you know like like we always tell people take out your own trash bring it to the curb all right so take out your own trash so the the final part of this mm -hmm. the nras mm -hmm. where is the NRA and what should they do as an organization? Uh, nothing. <laughs> well, I feel because they're so outspoken about guns and stuff, maybe acknowledge that the use of semi-automatic to automatic weapons need to be curtailed a little or better um, make it harder to acquire those that weaponry. As I, I mean, that's what I feel. Maybe acknowledge to see that you see these guys walking around with these semi-automatic, automatic weapons and taking out cops. And you can just say, oh, oh, my heart goes out to them. But you do nothing. You're still a part of the problem. They're just an organization that's just concerned about protecting our rights to the Second Amendment and upholding the Second Amendment. So I really don't expect them personally to do anything. Well, also, I would say also show evenly matched support for all citizens that follow the law. Mm -hmm. Because I'm pretty sure if it was a guy who fit the mainstream. I can't you know, you say mainstream because I like white is not like mainstream, that. though. But it's not, not. But why is still how come they how come government papers still call white the majority? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I keep saying mainstream. Um, the And. The people should withdraw their – and I think the people, if they don't like what the N the NRA is doing, they, the people should withdraw their memberships because there is obviously politics being played with this. Mm -hmm. And so if the same respect isn't being shown for law-abiding citizens, then the only way you hurt an organization like that is in the pocket. Fair enough. I have less animosity towards NRA than you do, obviously. Actually, I have none. Uh -huh. It's just that I feel this. And I would say this, and this is whole. I don't hard. listen to them anyway. Who listens to them? Besides yep. the Republican representatives in the House, so you need to look up who's getting the most NRA funds. Well, just, she kind of answered my so question, you know. so I don't need to say a damn thing. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I feel that's the only way the NRA is, could see. But I just truly believe that if we can work together and help out each Let's other. Let's get together. Oh, I was I thought you were about to sing 
um, what the hell, High School Musical. My bad. What song is that? We're all in this together. together. But I don't know the rest of the words to that. <laughs> no, I don't. I just remember that from Modern Family. Oh, yeah. But I want to say this in closing, people. First and foremost, thank you guys for joining in. I know this was a heavy, heavy three-parter, but this is not a black problem. It It's not just a black problem. It's a brown problem, a white problem, an Arab problem. But most importantly, it's an, Amer- it's an American problem. We're a country that is deci- that has decided to segregate itself so much that we now have fear of each other, fear of terror. If you go to killedbythepolice.net, is a website dedicated to those that were shot by the police. Death, no matter what name you call it, is still death. Murder is still murder. And no matter how you try to pretty it up, it murder is murder. And not all are criminals. Mm-hmm. I'm not using this as a li- I'm not using this list to excuse those who are. But each moment is different and you should use logic to assess and move on the situation. Mm -hmm. We need to believe in our law and order. We have a system. Exactly. Let's follow our system. It's a good system on paper. Let it not be. Let it be colorblind and follow it the way it should be. Them powdered wig white men back in the day. Even though they kind of left some of us out when writing the laws, because basically they were talking about white landowners. Mm -hmm. But now we're all landowners, (laughs) or most of us anyway, or we're renting. But we have the right to be here. (laughs) So, and I was just saying, because of these judgments that had needed to be made, sometimes the wrong decision can be made. And that is neither an excuse nor a reason to sweep any of this aside. Yes, but I do want to make sure before we part that let's not villainize and demonize the NRA. They are trying to hold up the Second Amendment right. You know, let's not villainize and demonize the police. They're supposed to be upholding the law. Let's not villainize and demonize the citizens. Because, yes, sometimes they do do wrong things, but we do have a system in place. Like I said, although broken initially, it was good. And we just need to work on that. Exactly. And on that note. I'm your boy, Khalif. And I'm your girl, Jamise. Thank you for spending this time with us for Independence Month. Woohoo! And we found where the NRA was. Where is? What do you mean where the NRA was? I mean, the whole question is, where is the NRA? Oh, we figured not, out. not nowhere, right? <laughs> well, we're just saying. In that. Congress, in the air conditioning, paying millions of dollars to people's campaigns. <laughs> Have a good night. Bye. 